Hello, and thank you for listening to From Lost to Light podcast. My name is Angie, and I am here with my co-host, Michelle. Hey there. Hi. And, you know, today we have no guest. We're just going to be doing a maybe just a quick little 15-minute episode because we want to touch base on one of our past episodes, episode number three with Todd that was a guest on here. And we talked about the PTSD that Todd had. And, you know, we've had a lot of feedback from that episode. So we wanted to just kind of touch base about some topic, topics on PTSD, right, Michelle? Right. For those that don't know the formal title, post-traumatic stress disorder, commonly referred to as PTSD. And I think the thing that was interesting in Todd's episode was really that he had been misdiagnosed. He had been diagnosed with anxiety and depression and treated with medicine for those. Now, it was sometime later when he was actually diagnosed for post-traumatic stress disorder. So they started the appropriate treatment for that, and then he began to feel better. And he had positive outcomes from that treatment. And I think it's really important for our listeners to take something away from that. And, and I, being a nurse, wanted to just underscore that if you're getting treatment for a specific mental health diagnosis and you're not seeing results that would one would expect that, you know, maybe there's other diagnoses that haven't been explored. And I think Todd's, Todd's episode really, really put a shine to light on that. Don't you agree? I do. I do agree, especially when he started talking about the EMDR therapy that he went through. And I've heard of that. I've known some other people that have had that treatment. And I have actually had that. Have you? For our listeners that don't know, My first husband, Joe, was killed in 2009 by a drunk driver. It was a very traumatic and sudden thing to go through, and I did suffer from PTSD. And then when I started losing my vision a couple years ago, it triggered that loss that was in my head, you know, all, all the losses that I'd had in my life. And... It was a huge trigger, and at that point in time, my therapist did try the EMDR. Because of my vision loss, I couldn't actually do it with the eyes. Mm -hmm. They do a treatment with your eyes. What my therapist did was tapping. Okay. And it it was helpful. Was it? Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. You know, Michelle, before you go on to your, what you want to kind of talk about too, what else was a trigger, tell people what's going on with your eye if you want to you have never really officially said you just keep on saying my vision loss yeah so what's the technical terminology what happened was i grew up on a farm and probably at some point in my childhood we had turkeys there is an infection called histoplasmosis and it can leave some residual issues and the the mechanism of the residual issues can be in your eye. So I probably at some point in my youth 
had an exposure to histoplasmosis, and I don't even know when it was yeah. or whatever. It's a very common diagnosis in the Midwest. Wow. And it comes from poultry. Okay. You know, birds, chickens. My case, probably turkeys. We did have a chicken house, but I mean, I remember playing in that, but we never had any chickens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it could have been bird droppings in our barn for all I know. Oh, yeah. Anyhow, so I started losing my vision, and <clears throat> what actually happened was it took me several specialists to actually figure it out, but I had lesions in both of my eyes that never affected my vision. But because of stress in my job, mm-hmm. you know, through COVID and just the nature of the job that I was doing at the time was high stress level. Yeah. I developed what was called a cortisol level. And Todd talked a little yeah. bit about yeah. the stress-releasing cortisol. And I actually had a leak in my eye. And the leak caused me to lose my central vision. Okay. I one day just it went from like I could see and then I just started not being able to see and it it was a lot of different things. But then I also developed what they call retinal rivalry. Okay. Because it's my dominant eye that I lost the vision in. And then my and I can't correct it. It's corrected with neural lenses as best as it can be, but it's still I still have distorted vision in that eye. So my eyes compete. Okay. Because that was my dominant yeah. eye. And that's kind of a rare thing too, that retinal rivalry. So anyway, it was a sudden thing that happened to yeah. me. Yeah. And it and I knew that I had this histoplasmosis in the other eye. And so the fear of losing central vision in both eyes was so scary to me. Like, yeah. It's similar to having macular degeneration. Okay, yeah. But I have a lot of distortion in yeah. my eye. So anyhow, it triggered the PTSD because it all of a sudden I was going through another loss. Yes, I know. that's previous. I know. that's, And I'd like you to talk about that just a little bit because this is, it. I mean, all this stuff that happens, it manifests. And I think that, you know, you letting this out and letting our listeners know why, you know, why it's important. It's very important. Well, n- first of all, I think we need to normalize mental health. A hundred percent. You know, there's so many people that are suffering and they're afraid to talk about it. I believe that we should talk about it as a nurse. It's our mind is as important as our body. Would we ignore something if we had cancer, no. if we had heart disease We'd probably talk about it. Well, if we've got an issue, it's still our body. Exactly. You know? It's just like when we go, I mean, every year we go for our physicals or we go get our mammograms or we go get our colonoscopies. You know, we we go do all these things preventative so we don't, you know, hopefully, you know, get those diseases. But why can't we do something about our minds? That's exactly right. And so I just I just wanted to highlight today about the importance of, number one, seeking help if you need it. It's no different than going to the dentist, to the eye doctor, to your family doctor. Mental health is as important as physical health. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in seeking that treatment and working with your providers to 
find the best treatment options for you. And, and I think Todd's case really, as I said earlier, underscored the fact that if something isn't getting better, then you need to explore other avenues. Mm-hmm. I agree. And visit with your providers about that. Mm-hmm. You I know, agree. if you suffered some childhood trauma, I, and I'm going to bring my late husband up because I write about it in the book. He, he did suffer a suicide attempt. Mm-hmm. And, and he lived through it, but he had suffered trauma in college. His best, one of his friends in college had committed suicide basically in front of him jumped out of a window, and Joe was the first one to get downstairs. Mm-hmm. And it traumatized him, but he never got help for it. And then when we had our daughter, I think for him, the just the responsibility of being responsible for another human being triggered the feelings he had that he maybe could have tried to save that guy or done something different, yeah. but he tried the best he could. Yeah. And I talk about it in the book that the RA, residential assistant or advisor on the floor, rushed in the room. And when that happened, the, the kid jumped. Yeah. But it's just important to not let PTSD simmer in the background in your life. And I think Todd's case really highlighted that, how it followed him for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. From, a ba- from being abandoned. At men- two. At, at age two. two. Yep. Yeah. So... And then, so, you know, you've been dealing with PTSD a little bit more lately because you're, of your recent loss that you have incurred, you know, right. do you want to just touch base yeah, on that just a little quick, bit? Yeah. Just, I've had two friends pass away in recent months, Yeah, two special friends. And in fact, I acknowledge both of them in, in my book as being important in my life. And so... It's just been hard. One was from cancer and, and one was from suicide. Yeah. So I, I've, you know, going through the grief process again. Yeah. It's, it's not my spouse or my yeah. parents or my brother, but it, it was people that were in my life on a regular basis. Yeah. So what are you doing for yourself, Michelle? Well, I still stay in therapy. You know, I, I don't go as frequently as I used to, but I still touch base and go and talk about what I'm feeling and try to find my way through that grief process and try to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm helping, maybe there's somebody listening that's going through it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just important. The self-care is important when you're in a grief journey. Yeah. Taking care of yourself, listening to your body. When you feel like crying, cry. And it's okay to be happy at the same time. But just being there for each other. Yeah. I'm finding, you know, as we move through this podcast journey, you know, we've, we've just had a couple guests, you know, on and, you know, by the time this is aired, you know, you will hear a couple of our podcast people, but I'm, we recorded our future ones. I'm learning so much and this, I'm learning how to move through my journey every single time I listen to someone else's story. It's true. And I think that's why we believe so much in what we're doing here. And because without each other, and that's, you know, in my blog, I always talk about at the end, we're better together. You know, we got to lean into the people that are there or the, you know, find the tools that help us. 
Right. And I think this is a good time to maybe, I think some people don't understand how maybe podcasts work. Mm -hmm. You know, Angie and I aren't getting paid anything. We are doing this because of our belief system in helping others. Mm -hmm. And we have both been dealt different struggles in life. And we know there's many warriors out there that have sustained their own loss and they've found their way to the light. And maybe by shining a light on those other people, somebody in our audience who's listening it might connect with them or they might find a resource because if people that we are interviewing have a business Mm -hmm. or their own podcast or a blog and and maybe you'll want to talk about your blog here in a second you know that might reach a listener that will find help yes and so with that I kind of do some of the back end stuff just to help out Michelle with her vision <laughs> and I appreciate that so much but you know you can always reach out to us on social media we're at Lost to Light Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and then we also have a an email you can send it's Lost to Light Podcast at gmail.com and you can request to be on our podcast. We really want to move forward with stories of resilience, stories of light. And so reach out, you know, we will, we will read all those messages and we will reach out to you if we think you'd be a perfect fit for what we envision. So definitely reach out to us. Sure. And loss doesn't necessarily mean loss of a person like through death mm-hmm. it could be loss of of people that are still living mm-hmm. you know it can be addiction you'll hear that story coming up we did today just interview somebody with addiction it can be you know childhood issues that come out as adults you'll hear that story coming up too with a gal we interviewed today it can the it can be many things. It can be. It's, it's as we started this podcast, we kind of, we jotted down stuff. And I think we filled up a page of things that we could talk about on from losses, you know, from That's job right. loss to pet loss to, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. And, you know, loss looks differently for everyone, you know, and we don't, and we don't take that for granted. We understand that loss looks different. So of course we will, we want to help everybody. You know, the thing I think I have learned most this year is that everybody handles their loss in different ways. And what works for one person might not work for the next person, but there might be another person that comes along that can show you a different path. Mm -hmm. So that's why I encourage people to stay tuned, keep listening, because even if one doesn't maybe connect with you, there might be another one just around the corner. Exactly. You can always subscribe too. Subscribe because then you get a notification that we dropped a new episode. So always subscribe. And like we said, we do biweekly podcasts currently, you know, but maybe if this starts growing, we'll maybe we'll do more, you know, who knows? We're just starting out and learning all this. Yeah. Yeah. We're growing as we do it. Yeah. I would like to touch base on a guest that we come have coming up yeah. next month. Yeah. People in Council Bluffs and even in Shelby County, my Shelby County, Iowa, Brown Tarlin will recognize this name. 
we've invited Wendy Cooper to join us, and she's actually asked to record two sessions because she has so much information she'd like to talk about. She has, she had childhood trauma. She has had addiction, suicide attempt. She owns a business, and now she is a teacher and a life coach and counselor, and she is just a wealth of information. Yeah, I can't wait to meet her and hear just everything. Yeah, yeah, I think she will resonate with a lot of people. That's awesome. Well, I just wanted to say one last thing before we get off. You know, I have a blog that I write. You can always go to my website. It's butterfliesandhalos.com. But I touched on the PTSD topic on my Friday blog, and you can always go back to that. But there was a quote that I shared because, you know, I have a family member and I talk about her in my blog, my mother-in-law for my first husband. And I think she, you know, she's lost her entire family. You know, she's lost her, both of her children, her grandson, her husband, you know, parents along the way, friends, you know, different people. But, and I think she has, I think she is suffering from PTSD, you know, and we talk about it quite a bit and just, you know, I'm finding ways to help her grieve because I don't feel like she's grieved because she's just had so much trauma And, you know, and you can see it because, you know, she doesn't have the joy or the ambition to want to do things, you know, but this quote that I shared on my blog is the only cure for grief is to grieve. And I did share that with my mother-in-law because I told her, you know, we, she has to grieve to, to get to a certain point. And so, you know, but I just wanted to ask for prayers for her as we, you know, I help her along, you know, this journey of PTSD because I have a lot of people um, that ask me if she has dementia and I've done a lot of research and I even, I put this in my blog, how it, I talk about, I found this where 61% of elderly people that have suffered PTSD, it turns into dementia. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty amazing. This, after doing a lot of research, the dimensions of PTSD and dementia, how they correlate. And so even more reason why early intervention is important. Exactly. So anyways, you can check that out. But yeah, kind of brings me up to a quote that Dr. Samantha Cooper. Oh, yeah. I guess we talked to today. Yeah, you'll listen to her in September. Yeah. Hers was awesome, yes, too. Yes. She made a quote, and I wrote it down. We are all onions. <laughs> I love that. Because we ha- all have so many layers. I know. I love that one so much. Thanks for sharing that again. Yeah. We are all onions. So until next time, Michelle, thank Be you. Be better. Choose better. Yes. Yes. We love you guys. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.